Welcome to The Creative Call, a podcast by me, Brandon. And me, Sam. Today we are joined by Alice Greenfield, also known as Shot by Alice on Instagram. She is a filmmaker and photographer based in the south of England. How are you doing, Alice? Good, yeah. Thanks for having me, guys. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you on. So would you like to sort of introduce yourself and, and tell everyone who's listening about sort of who you are and what you do? Yeah, you guys kind of summed it up, but I'm a filmmaker and photographer based on the Isle of Wight. Um, I kind of specialise in the adventure and travel sector um, and love doing commercials, really. Um, mm. Yeah, most of my work's found on Instagram and I have a little website. Uh, but yeah, that's me, really. Yeah, me and Brandon were admiring your website, weren't we? Yeah, we were. Oh, yeah, it's, it's, really nice. it's, it's really nicely done. And all of lockdown, like really, basically, because <laughs> it's like the only thing. Yeah. <laughs> Getting all the admin work. Done. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so, how's life on the Isle of Wight then? I bet it's nice, laid back life, hey? You know what? It's nice down here. Um, it's very different from London, where I've lived before. Um, I've had a bit of a blessing living here during lockdown because I've got a nice beach nearby, lots of subjects and landscapes to photograph. So, it's okay. Mm. Lots of beaches. Yeah. So how did you get into like photography and videography then? It's hard to like say like when I decided that that's what I kind of wanted to do, but I did study photography at A level. Um and I often say that like my A level teacher was one of like the biggest reasons why um I kind of got into photography. She she wouldn't let us basically handle a digital camera before we mastered like 35 like uh, mil camera. So mm-hmm. my like love and passion for it came from just like taking rolls and rolls of pictures and kind of learning the basics for exposure that way um I then like eventually decided to study like cinema at university I did a course called cinema and photography um at Leeds uni and that was kind of like a bit of both I was really into photography I was like photographing anyone anything um, and then I was like, actually, if I'm going to make money in like, a career, like what, where can I go with it? And um, I was obsessed with films and the movies and going to the cinema when I was younger. And I didn't realize it, that people actually got paid to do that job. And I was like, that's what I want to do. So I decided to do yeah, joint honors, photography and filmmaking at Leeds. And just from there, I absolutely loved it. Um, mm. Whilst I was yeah. at uni... Um, I was working as a photographer on our like lo- local newspaper. Like looking back, like pretty bad stuff. But um, <laughs> just trying to get any little job or like near any camera. Um, I was a runner on lots of like quite small films, short films. Um, up in Leeds, actually quite a buzzing like media like industry. Like you've got the Bradford Media City and a lot of BBC stuff up there. But there's lots of small production companies. Um, so I, I was a runner on all sorts of random like productions, anything from just making tea to focus pulling. At one point I was like making rolly cigarettes for people. It was just any any <laughs> job up there. It was ridiculous. Um, and my uni life, like um, we were lucky enough to have a really good equipment department. Uh, so we could hire out all sorts of cameras and grips, audio and stuff like that. So I really got my head like into it. Um, yeah. yeah, that's where my like first taste of it all kind of came around that, that, that's really cool and I think it's quite interesting probably especially for quite a lot of people that listen as well that you kind of got into it through sort of I guess like 
a quite traditional route. Yeah. Um, where a lot of people that we've talked to, and I know a lot of people from from Instagram, definitely got into photography mainly through being it being a hobby at first and then they kind of started doing it a little bit more while I had a job on the side yeah. and then got into that that way so it, it's it's really interesting that you've kind of had that focus sort of from the the onset yeah, um, and worked your, worked your way up like sort of via like sort of an academic um pathway yeah, and also getting I consider myself sorry, quite lucky um to have had like a positive like education like experience a lot of people get discouraged from their teachers mm-hmm. but my teacher at a level really like instilled quite a big like passion and interest um probably from the fact that she did like just did not let us touch a digital digital camera so learning the basics of photography um by doing and failing was like really like, yeah. the best way to kind of be introduced to it yeah and that's really cool as well that they had you shooting sort of film and stuff because um, I think a lot of people now go straight into sort of DSLRs and, and mirrorless and and I think it's it's harder to get an appreciation for sort of the finer details of like exposure, composition, um, when you can just and like sort of settings of your camera when you can you could easily just stick it on auto or or like a certain setting and just blast off thousands <laughs> of, of photos without really like thinking about it. Where like all your I think SSDs and yeah exactly where where if you're shooting like a film you definitely have to be more conscious of the fact you've got 36 exposures on a on a roll and and that kind of thing and i think it's definitely worth i know personally i've just picked up a a film camera myself um just as kind of as a personal project to to kind of go back to those kind of traditional roots so to speak and kind of learn a bit more about about my own style yeah. I guess and comp- like that kind of thing so yeah makes you much more patient as a photographer um I had to we had to develop all of our black and white roles as well so we'd have to if you wanted mm-hmm. to see the picture you'd have to go into the dark room and process it yourself and one wrong like bit of chemical you could ru- ruin the whole role but our, our teacher was also quite brutal anyway if she didn't like a picture she would tell you so um <laughs> yeah I really had to try and impress her which I guess yeah made just made me a better photographer I don't know but uh, yeah having a camera um that you you have to wait to see the pictures I definitely think is a good practice for people um who really want to nail a shot or just appreciate like the shot yeah so obviously when you studied it you obviously studied it at the higher level which we were talking about as well um did you find that it was kind of a recurrent theme that we've found from sort of speaking to people that the like photography videography industry is quite male dominated yeah. did you find that was the case when you were sort of studying it as well yeah definitely um I think I was one of five people on my course that really wanted to focus on camera work we had the choice to kind of kind of dive straight into like an elective there was opportunity to be like a script writer or going to journalism audio editing but I really focused on the camera department and yeah, there was, there was not many females like myself. Um, the industry at the time, yeah, was, is still like very uh, male dominated. And uh, I've always seen that as a, a bit of motivation, especially at uni. Like there were times where, you know, I was told you're not strong enough to pick up that camera. Um, it's too technical for you. And uh, like all the people I'd be looking up to were male in the industry yeah so yeah it's it's a hard one like and moving forward like I I went in and worked um in London for four years in media production 
And again, I was the only girl on my team. So Alice, do you think like being a female creative has sort of held you back at all in any sort of like big projects or anything like that? Um, no, I never felt like discouraged or like put back from it. Um, like there are, have been times when I've been on sets where I've been like mistaken for the makeup artist or uh, like told to be in front of the camera rather than behind it, um, which is hard because like, you know, you're there to maybe just be the camera operator yourself and it's really discouraging. But in general, um, I've been lucky to have really forward thinking directors working with me or again, the Instagram platform and the community back there, like everyone's really supportive. So, um, you know, to work with brands such as the Wind Collective and Corona um, on like one of my re most recent projects was like a dream because uh, they yeah. really wanted to work with a female cast um, our behind the scenes photographer was female and I was uh, the DOP. Um, so that was a really, really great project to work on. Yeah, that Corona film is absolutely mind blowing. That's mind blowing. I think so many people sort of discovered you as well through that Corona film. Um, and then so you worked with a, a few other creatives on that project, didn't you? Yeah, so um, you guys might know the Wind Collective. Um, mm -hmm. They're really like vibrant on Instagram. And they run, they own like their own um, like production agency. Um, and I've been chatting to the guys, Clay and Barney, who kind of run the behind the scenes and they know my work. Um, I actually applied for a job with them back way before lockdown. Um, and we got chatting and kept the like, conversation going over Instagram. And then, yeah, this project came around and they're like, look, Alice, we would love you to come down. Um, it's an ocean based project. Um, uh, it's down in Cornwall. It's all about the UK and appreciating nature. And we would yeah, love you to be on board. Shot for a whole week straight, running around doing sunrise to sunsets, um, and in the middle of summer. So it was like five thirty a.m. Yeah, what, a good night. sixteen hour day. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, um, and then Rachel did all the the, the talk over, didn't she? she yeah, did the, the voiceover and stuff. And so you story. had a, a pretty great cast for that shoot there was a lot of um a lot of creatives that i follow especially there's a, a great bunch of people there for sure yeah rachel is absolute dream to work with i don't yeah her stuff on instagram i'm sure you've seen it she's like mm -hmm. the wonderlust girl like it's just amazing all of her bit mm. um and she was pretty much the like center of the story and did the voiceover as well um mm. and a lovely girl called sophie hellyer who lives down in cornwall she was kind of like um a mini like section of the video all about like how the, the ocean inspires her um and she's like a surfer and she just she's so cool she's too cool yeah <laughs> she, she does look like a yeah. cool chick to be fair <laughs> when i seen the video i watched it probably about an hour before we called you and i was like i oh, just wrapping my head around how you put it all together i mean videography is such a there's so much that goes into it you know and mm -hmm. it mind blows me like it must it must like do you think that you have to plan like so much like do you have like a shot list before you go into the film like where you think okay I need to get this shot that's going to flow into that shot or um like how does it work when approaching like a huge project like that it depends really like with the corona one Barney edited it so um he managed to find bits of footage that I didn't even think would make this cut and it was really refreshing to see that so I filmed it didn't hear anything back for a while and when he came over with the first like draft it was just amazing to see what he did with it um but in general most of my work 
I do edit myself. And mm. yeah, I always like to say that you can pretty much like pre-produce the whole video, film, whatever you're going to do, project on paper, on, on your laptop um, for no cost at all. And that's really where the editing starts, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah. Um, I'm a bit obsessed with being organized and having spreadsheets. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Um, it, gets, it gets weird. Um, I really like just storyboarding and thinking about stuff. Like I, I've always, already would have found like a song that I liked from Artlist or whatever before like approaching a project. Um, mm. And I really think that's important to do just, just for like when you're on set, there's so many things to think about. So having a shot list in mind. Um, yeah. Important. I think like having a, a song in the back of your mind as well, like we, mm. you know what it's gonna gonna be already. I think that's that probably solves quite a lot of the the process. I guess like if you're making a video and you've recorded it all, then you're thinking, like, what, what song am I going to put in this? Like what track? And I guess it's uh, if you've got that in the back of your mind already before approaching and going into it, then I guess that does help, right? It really gets you in the moment, definitely. Yeah, you can like. Finding, like royalty free music as well like do you find that's quite a challenge or is there a website that you use or it used to be so back at uni um it before artlist epidemic sound all the kind of more current ones i i had to commission songwriters uh for projects and luckily being at uni like the, the community aspect again the the music school was only like five minute walk away so it'd be easy to source but you know, everyone back then did it for free. It was like student projects. So uh, moving forward, yeah, Artlist is what I use. And mm. it's been a complete like industry stirrer for me. It's the fact that you can use one song across editorial or commercial use, um, yeah, it's been brilliant. And I use Artgrid sometimes as well, which is stock footage. Um, mm. I did use Epidemic Sound for a bit, um, but because Artlist is a little bit cheaper, that's kind of what I prefer. Yeah. I think I've I've had like a free trial on Artlist and they've got so many tunes on there. Mm, yeah, it's good. It's weird though. I yeah. always like hear Artlist and Epidemic music in ads or over Instagram <laughs> and I get like chills or feel sick. <laughs> you hear the songs and then you realise like I spent 30 hours listening to that song and now it's coming back to me in like someone else's video and it it's not nice to hear it back. 30 hours? <laughs> Some, that... Well, depends. <laughs> I used to work in a, in a kind of uh, production house, uh, like um, editing and shooting. I was like a self-shooting producer. And um, it was actually a parenting company uh, called Mumsnet that I first started my like first ever video kind of job. And they would love the good old like guitar and ukulele songs. And I'm not digging that because I do like, uk- like ukulele as well. But uh, kind of just, 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 just <laughs> clarify. That, yeah. You like it, yeah. Um, you know the ones I mean like that you always hear with anything with kids involved it's like a guitar in the background and it makes me feel sick now thinking about all the songs <laughs> yeah. and all the hours of editing interviews and stuff mm. <laughs> yeah so like the other like big projects you've done then Alice you went to California with Lumix right yes uh, that was back in 2018 I literally just become a freelancer um, I left my job um, pretty much because Lumix and Drew Buckler, um, who invited me out there, like I literally decided almost to leave my job because of that. I was, it had itchy feet about becoming a freelancer, and a few like traveling projects came around, 
Um, and when I was working full time, I was able to juggle shoots on the weekends and after work, but to go away and travel for two weeks in California, like there was no way I was going to be able to do that. So that was like the little push I needed to become a freelancer. Um, and at the time I was working with Drew Buckler, who's like a portrait photographer and, um, he wants someone to come out and basically video and uh, record and document um, this huge trip that he had with Lumix. He's like the UK ambassador for them. Mm. Um, and it was, yeah, it was a really great two weeks um, because he does portraiture. He had like selected and hired a load of different models um, all the way from like LA up to Yosemite, San Francisco and back down. So we did like a little road trip um, and I've yeah, never been to the, the United States before then. Um, and I literally can't wait to go back to Yosemite. I don't know if you guys been there, but no, probably the most beautiful place I've ever been to. It looks yeah. incredible. Like it's definitely on the list. Mm, a big California sort of US road trip would be incredible. But you did Route 66 as well. Is that at the same time? Yeah, like we did a portion of it because it's mm. like, huge i mean we probably did like i don't know two miles there's like basically a new road that's next to it that's a faster road so we went on um and there's like old uh vintage retro like um what are they called diners that you can go to so we popped into a few of them and like for portraiture like it worked really well so that was a few like shoot locations um but we hired like a cool car i can't even name i can't remember the name of it but it was red it was cool um <laughs> yeah like it it felt like an american movie it really did which is weird yeah, yeah. nice that's that's awesome and then talking about sort of lockdown and stuff recently you've um sort of started your own kind of company haven't you yeah um lockdown we decided sam and i and my partner um basically we can't do anything we can't go out we can't work so let's just put our heads together um and work on the project and sam morris um who's literally sat behind me right now um <laughs> he, he's like a, a commercial drone pilot and a photographer um and has crazy skills in all those departments and uh combining all of our skills together under one name was like the kind of most sensible thing to do um something i've wanted to do for a long time so we decided to come up with a name it's called adrift visuals and we spent most of lockdown building the website use uh making a show reel and like getting the wording right um and yeah. then kind of like soft launching it back in october um as a, a new production company but with with a twist in a way and like both of us most of our work and our like previous portfolios all about uh nature and the environment um and we wanted to basically tell more stories of people uh gaining positive experience in nature like we both want to work with uh companies that pretty much are sustainable and forward thinking and green and we didn't think there was a production company that did just that just wanted to work helping mm -hmm. that so that's our kind of uh, aim uh to yeah capture people whether it's photography drone video or full service mm. production company and we're working on it really it's definitely um yeah and lockdown baby yeah <laughs> for sure and it's nice that kind of like sam specializes in the the aerial um mm -hmm. and does he also do like the the photography side of it where primarily you focus on like the video and yeah. you sort of like combine it do you it really depends on the clients um mm. but we're working at the moment of basically saying to them like we can offer you pretty much everything in-house um mm -hmm. we even do a bit of social media marketing stuff um 
but if there's a shoot where the client wants me to well us to do like a, a full service video production uh, that includes drone we'll be like well while sam is not flying the drone he can be the photographer he could do behind the scenes or any product stuff so that will you know cost less for you but um adds more value and mm. that's really how we do it um sam does a bit of camera operation as well but i do most of the editing so between us we kind of juggle the work and it's quite fun yeah that's cool that's really cool. So how do you find sort of working together and sort of being in a relationship then? Is it, so how do you find, how do you <laughs> find I the balance? the room right now. <laughs> <laughs> He's right behind me. Um, yeah, uh, so Sam and I actually only started going out like two weeks before lockdown. So um, we've known each other for like three years um, as friends who just would go shoot. Um, but we got together and then we, yeah, lockdown happened. So it was quite an intense start to the relationship. But because we were friends before, that kind of uh, like creative buzz and like spark between us just remained. And, you know, when we go shoot, we go shoot. It's not much. It's not like suddenly it's different because we're in a relationship. But during lockdown, like I was kind of shielding my mum because she's quite ill. So I moved in with him as well. So it was like a bit of everything all at once. Um, yeah. we've been together new relationship and stuff but um luckily we both have like the same like goals and aims in life uh we both love nature and like traveling so to be honest there haven't been any hiccups yet so <laughs> <laughs> what do you think <laughs> sam <laughs> no, do you want to say anything no. <laughs> <laughs> you might think differently I <laughs> but there are times no. where um uh, sam has mentioned like I've, i apparently change when I get on set but not not in a bad way I, I get apparently bossy but I think I, <laughs> I just say what I mean and there's sometimes where it's like um you know I've just suddenly gone into this like crazy boss mode and I come home and I'm all sweet again apparently, <laughs> apparently I don't know if that's real but I get stuff yeah. on, on set so <laughs> yeah well sometimes you've got to have a, a serious head on yeah, haven't you? You got to make sure you nail the shoot, and you got to make sure that you're in the game. Yeah, it's an but... absolute dream to be able to work with him though on set because it's always fun. We wouldn't, we don't do projects if they're not going to be fun. And like, you know, we get to travel up and down the country this year. Hopefully, next year we'll go further afield. Uh, yeah. And yeah. when I'm editing, and he's been there on set, and he's seen the whole process, it's really nice to have someone to overlook it. And you know, if you've got like a few. And bits in the edit you're stuck on he can just have a look um and then kind of iron out any um, new ideas which is really nice yeah that's definitely super awesome and i know that you mentioned obviously that you want to work more with sort of the environmentally conscious brands and that kind of thing do you find that kind of sort of your upbringing and living around the coast and like coastal life is that kind of in, does that influence sort of your photography style and that kind of yeah 100 percent um I'm definitely my best person, like self, like person when I'm outside in nature. And I think if a lot of people realized um, the benefits of just going for a 10 minute walk or just being outside and appreciating uh, a sunset, I think the world would be a better place. And that my aim would be to inspire more people to, to, to see those, seek those benefits really. Um, and if I can combine that with what I'm passionate about, like storytelling, filmmaking, camera operation, whatever it is, um, and take, the workplace outdoors like I'm doing exactly what I want to do um if that makes sense um yeah. but yeah I've always loved the ocean 
and having like an underwater housing has just opened up a whole new like level of like photographic opportunities um uh and yeah I love it yeah yeah your underwater stuff and your like surf imagery and Sam's drone stuff combined is literally like coastal but I was, I was gonna yeah, I was gonna say that just like coastal goodness yeah um, on the Isle of Wight we it's annoying we don't get that great surf so whenever there is any swell like Sam goes out and surfs and then I'm flying the drone to try and like capture him but we get that maybe I don't know like two weeks in the whole year like sporadically um down in Cornwall it's just like pumping and it's great and like there's always good waves so we go down there quite a lot to try and get our content um but we both have like the Mavic Pro 2s and if there's like a good surfer out there and we both want those shots it's a bit may- like mayhem like two like drones flying really close to each other it's, it's stupid sometimes <laughs> but yeah if I didn't live on the coast and have like access to it and and all that I don't know where, where my like kind of content would go if that makes sense like yeah most of my Instagram feed is very like coastal based and I can go and like get that down the road if that makes sense yeah for sure so (laughs) every time you you have a project like in guess like mainland England you have to get the boat across right how long is that so yeah people people always ask me this they're like it's mad like you've got to get a ferry and I was like well it's only like 40 minutes it's not the longest ferry and you can get there over there in like half an hour if you don't have a car but yeah, I just get the clients to pay for the travel. Um, they don't ask any questions really. And and then we go. It's it's like, yeah, 40 minutes on the ferry. You have to go, you have to leave your car, walk upstairs. We get the computers out, edit a little bit. Um, yeah, so it's so biggie. It makes it annoying um, when we want to get back after a shoot. We were up in the like Lake District last week and we finished filming when it got dark, about four o'clock. And the last ferry, because of lockdown, is at 8 p.m. And we just we just didn't make it. So we had to find a hotel. So like times like that, it's a little bit annoying. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's just, it is like what you pay, the price you pay for a little bit of uh, like island paradise. I yeah, guess. for sure. Yeah. For sure. I definitely want to get over there as soon as sort of like restrictions ease. Yeah, I guess. Come, come visit me. Yeah, be awesome. The needles have always been like somewhere I've seen. I'm like, wow, like I can imagine in person it looks insane yeah it's, it's, it's a weird one the needles um it's definitely a drone shot if you get me yeah because um, the only other way to kind of take a picture of it would be by like getting on a boat um mm. or you could paddleboard out there or something like if it's really like calm but yeah it's definitely a drone shot it's a hard one like i have hundreds of pictures and video clips of it mm. um, and it's just getting it in the right mood um when it's like bright sunshine the white cliff is just you just can't take pictures of it it's just bright and and overexposed and horrible and then at sunset the white chalk goes really orange Mm. so it almost looks like your white balance is off because it's like (laughs) not like a sunset orange if that makes sense yeah Um, we always struggle to like capture it in the right light um sam's got an amazing picture actually we both have this kind of similar like conditions of just like low cloud like an inversion but because it's so like uh, like out in the open the wind conditions like it's very rare you can actually fly a drone around there yeah um, so it's, it's a good little challenge to have nearby because we can like drive there in 20 minutes and if the weather conditions are right we just kind of pat the bag, uh, car and go really yeah so talk to us about your the gear that you use then so you've got your underwater housing that you do with your 
sort of like the underwater stuff and the photography and stuff so what do you use for your uh, like your video do you have like a, a gimbal and a video camera or do you use sort of a, a mirrorless camera or something like that yeah so for any project where i'm using my own equipment um i've got the sony a7 mark three mm -hmm. um and a load of primes um and i use the ronin sc uh for most of my like gimbal work Although I do prefer like the handhelds using like a rig, like shoulder rig. Um, the SE is like quite small, compact, which is really nice for like traveling. Um, and then I've got like a little studio space, um, about a five minute walk down the road from me where I have other studio stuff, I guess, like tripods or the lighting, anything like that. But mostly I'm on the gimbal. I love the kind of smooth movement, um, handheld kind of vibe. Yeah. Um, and then I've got the sea frogs underwater housing, which is just a dream. You can pretty much press like all the buttons on the back. So you have like the complete flexibility when you're in the water. Mm. Um, you've got like other brands that don't really allow that. So that's really good. Um, I do all my own audio as well. And I use um, the Rode like mic goes. Yeah. Like, yeah. So <laughs> when you've got the, the gimbal on, so you use the gimbal and uh, the microphone at the same time. Mm. Yeah. yeah how do you much. find it like balancing it because i know like a few people they have to like is it like the balance in the gimbal before you use it yeah i have i have tried it to do that like do it that way but i actually try and keep the camera like completely clean as possible and i have this like kind of bracket uh, so i have i have like four arms coming out of the gimbal to make it more of like a square shape mm -hmm. and on there i add like uh like shoe mounts um for my monitor I have like a little phone holder that I could do like behind the scenes. And then also this like L bracket that I can put both, like if I have like a two person interview or just one, I can add like this like extended cable, which has um, a loop on it to stop it from being pulled out. So basically the gimbal and the camera doesn't have to be like moved by the cables because it's quite mm -hmm. few and I take them all down. And then I have like them on the like left separately. So actually the camera, um, apart from changing lenses, that's the only thing that comes on and off it. Um, mm. And that's, again, it's a better positioning for like my arms. Because the gimbal, if you just have it on its own, like you're holding it uh, in the middle and this kind of opens it up. So you've got more balance, if that makes sense. Yeah. So I've kind of like, played around with it over the few, like, few years to try and make it as quick, like to pack up, pack down, and then also like weight um, and just like the best smooth movement possible really, so. Yeah. Is it a lot of practicing? Just practice, practice, practice with it? Yeah, I guess like, so. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you guess, I guess you had quite a lot of knowledge prior to going into it with learning at a university and stuff. But like when you're out on the jobs, like you're just learning and sort of like trying out new little tricks and, and stuff like that. Is, is that sort of how you adapted your like video knowledge to, yeah, to suit different brands? Like I'm a big believer in being a beginner, if that makes sense. And mm -hmm. just being able to ask questions and not be too, too concerned, like about equipment as well. Um, I let, when I was back at uni, um, I used to get just like handed jobs and I never ever wanted to say that I couldn't do it. Just like smile, get on with it and you'll learn on the job. And that was like the best way to be introduced to like, being on the, sh the short films at uni, they were the, they were the big rigs, the big cameras, and I was just like obsessed with it. But being able to like 
uh, move move into production and go to London. Um, we were working with like the C300s and the Sony FS7s, which were like the mid range. And I learned like a lot through building and like uh, adapting the rigs to kind of work for like the like YouTube style videos. So I've, mm. yeah, I've been able to like have a taste in all the areas, like the big film crews, the small, and now like being my own like you know. Uh, one man movie making machine apparently <laughs> apparently have to do everything these days um, yeah just it's just all about practice isn't it and making mm. errors and just learning from them yeah no it's good that you learn it at university you have that good knowledge anyway so then it's sort of putting it all to into the field you know yeah I mean a lot of that you could probably learn on YouTube though I mean, I don't <laughs> YouTube is like, a great like, tool my debt my uni debt <laughs> <laughs> I can appreciate yeah. that one. So I guess for any like person listening who's sort of wanting to make videos or or get into photography or the creative industry, do you have any sort of like hints and tips for them? Oh gosh. Um oh am I the right person to ask? Um <laughs> I would say to anyone that's wants to pursue a career or just wants to be creating content or making stories is just to like be a sponge and watch everything go to the cinema watch commercials uh like view people's work online or in galleries after coronavirus of course Um, (laughs) and just literally just consume it all i was really really like influenced by work of like richard curtis when i was at uni He's he's the director that did like Love Actually and um, all those really heartfelt, really like passionate stories and just like watching um, and learning from like different techniques was the most valuable thing that I could have done in my like early career and up until this point like, I'm the sort of person that will go to cinema to watch the adverts, not wait until the film and and you know I love watching uh, and following different production companies um, on Instagram and how they're like behind the scenes works and whatever, like, uh, I don't know, stuff they're putting out. And I think, yeah, that would be my biggest piece of advice. Just like be a sponge, just like watch everything and learn and you'll, you know, find stories that you want to tell and you'll find, um, you know, an approach and a, like a way, a style. That's what I'm trying to say. But yeah, I'm waffling now, but yeah, that's what I would say. <laughs> yeah no for sure and i guess it's sort of like how like telling a story through through video isn't it really like how how can you tell your own story yeah putting it putting a twist on it yeah for sure and that definitely goes back to the the kind of trying to encourage more females in the workplace and i know like a lot of people talking about that moment but um i found like a crazy statistic um the other day and only 8% of like the top 250 films, like the IMDb list, only 8% of like those films were directed by females. And that's quite discouraging, for, especially for a young photographer or filmmaker that wants to go into the industry. Because all like women have stories to tell, stories that can be told in a different way to men. And uh, most of the <laughs> stuff that we consume through cinema is told by a man. And that's not a very balanced representation of like cinematic stories so you know I would just say don't get discouraged if you're a young female filmmaker like me back in the day like just pick up a camera and learn but always make sure the stories you want to tell from you from your heart and 
and um, I'm gonna stop being really cringy now. But yeah, <laughs> no, but it's true. And I think a lot of like females who are listening to the podcast and, and who are creatives, they they probably do look up to you, Alice, um, in a way of like, you know, you are pursuing your your dream and you're doing what you love and you're doing a bloody good job at it. No, no, I'm doing. no idea. No one knows what they're doing. <laughs> Forever learning. Yeah. I think that's, that's the beauty of being a creative. You, you, tr- you find something new. Like you said, you watch it in a film or watch it in an ad or whatever. And then all of a sudden you're thinking, right, like, you know, let's implement it, implement it into mine and yeah. sort of give it a crack, I guess. And what's the worst that can happen? You know, you don't have to include that little scene or, you know, yeah you have you, you know you have control over the final product so. I have like a notes section in my iPhone full of just stories that I want to tell no, mm. ones that I would never be able to afford to tell perfectly but they're there waiting fresh like if ever had a creative idea um, mm. I could just quickly go to that list and be inspired and the most the things from that list have come from watching films and actually news like BBC just reading the news every day you find stories in there that you could tell. Mm. Um, so, so you're like watching a film with Sam and then you all of a sudden you, you're on your phone writing down little ideas. <laughs> you know what, I, we both do that, like continuity <laughs> but we're pausing and be like, that's not right. <laughs> you're in a cinema and then um, someone comes over, get off your phone. Yes. It's like, they're making notes like, got to include this <laughs> in the next film. <laughs> that's literally us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, Alice, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Thank you so much, guys. Yeah, it's been lovely. Mm, I'm really excited to to listen to it back myself, to be honest. Yeah, I have no idea what I've said. <laughs> a big old waffle. Yeah, but pretty much. No, but it's been really nice and it's really inspiring to, to hear your story and what you have to say. So, yeah. so thank you. Thank you for coming on. And thanks for having me. No, it's been good. No problem. I hope I made sense. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again, Alice. Cool. See you Thank later.